0: This segment of the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at PGATourSuperstore.com. Now back to Chris and more of the show. Now joining me on the French Lick Resort guest line is the former president and now honorary president of the PGA of America, Paul Levy. Let me give you some additional background on Paul. He's from New Orleans and played his college golf at LSU he became a member of the PGA of America back in 1986. From 1999 to 2004, he served as general manager and PGA director of golf at Royal Oaks Country Club in Houston. From 2007 to 2012, Paul was elected as the independent director of the Southern California PGA Board of Directors. 2004, he moved to Southern California to oversee the development of Toscana Country Club. He became the CEO and general manager of Toscana Country Club, which is out in Indian Wells, California. He has been the secretary, vice president, and until recently, the president of the PGA of America. He was named president during the centennial year back in 2016. Last month, after serving a two-year term as president, he was named honorary president of the PGA, and I'm honored to have him with me tonight here on Next on the T. Good evening, Paul. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Chris, how are you? I'm fantastic, Paul. How are you? I sure can. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me as your guest. I appreciate you.
0: So, Paul, as a kid from New Orleans, was playing your college golf anywhere but LSU ever in the discussion?
1: Well, you know, if you grow up in Louisiana, LSU has a pretty strong, uh, strong running in the blood of Louisiana people, and I actually had a scholarship to a junior college in Texas, and then had a chance to go to a couple other schools but i really missed being back in louisiana where everyone i knew was and so got to go back to lsu and then graduated and uh you know it's uh lsu is kind of a, a neat place it's a great school great uh history for not just golf but all sports and uh you know i i am so happy that i was able to spend four years at, at in baton rouge it's just a great university
0: so we'll talk about your time playing golf there at LSU. Our good friend Bob Friend Jr. was also there in the early 1980s. So what do you remember about being a part of the team and being there in that, at that time?
1: Well, Bob was a really good player. He was uh, my fifth year coming in as a freshman. He came in with Emlyn Aubrey, who also uh, was from the Pennsylvania area. And Emlyn played the tour for a while. And then now I think Emlyn's a, a club professional in Shreveport. You know, I was on the team, uh, wasn't one of the top three or four guys on the team. It was a great experience just being a part of the team and playing golf. We had some unbelievable players. My first two years, Mm -hmm. our captain was Wayne D. Francisco, who was a first-team All-American. And the second year, we had John Salamone, who was a second-team All-American. It's kind of cool because when Smiley Coffin got married back in April, his dad, Jeff, was on the team with me and a bunch Mm -hmm. of us when I was there. And we had a little reunion at Smiley's wedding of about seven or eight of us that were all there. Gosh, you go back 1980, 81, 82. So a lot of fun, a lot of great friendships.
0: So I was was curious, Paul, as I was looking over your LinkedIn page, you've got your interest. One of your interests is the University of Minnesota, which is a long way from LSU. Why Minnesota?
1: Well, I don't know why that's there. I know the PGA just updated my LinkedIn page. I better check that out. I don't know why they have that. Uh, you know, they, they sent me an update and I looked over and missed that. Uh, I'm not too crazy about the Minnesota Vikings when they're playing LSU, that's interesting. Uh, but, uh, and of course, this no year doubt. I'm pulling for my Saints pretty hard. I'm a diehard Saint fan, so I'm pulling for my Saints pretty hard this year.
0: So, Paul, skipping ahead but, to your sort of ascension up the ladder at the uh, PGA of America, as I mentioned in your intro, you were secretary, then you became vice president, and ultimately a two-year term as the president. But not only being the president, but being named so during this centennial year had to be a huge compliment
1: for you. Well, it's a it's a great honor. You know, when you get elected to office, you go through the chairs, two years as secretary, two as vice president, and two as president. And as timing and fate would have it, you know, I was fortunate to be able to do that. Derek Sprague, who was the president before me, uh, served as president for most of that year. And then I went in in November and you know, and it was a historic year for us, not just from a standpoint of a hundred years, but you know, you look back and for the PGA of America, we've been trying to grow the game and, uh, help people just enjoy this great game for a long time. And as you know, our thousands of golf pros out there in the field, that's what they do every day. They don't, uh, you know, it's not the most glamorous job some people would think. Uh, you know, you're at a club and you're there early. You're there late, you're teaching golf, you're running golf facilities, you're helping people enjoy the game. A lot of our professionals now are in management, and, uh, you know, uh, it's hard to believe that we're now embarking uh, next year on the 103rd year of the PGA of America. And, Paul, I have
0: to imagine that you've gotten to do some pretty cool things. What are some of those things you look back on and think, you know what, that was pretty cool?
1: You know... as an officer, you get to do a lot of great, neat things, things you'd never dream of, like being a part of the official Ryder Cup party, which I've been able to do three times. And, and when we created the Ryder Cup Task Force, I was a member of that task force. Very neat, uh, you know, handing out the PGA Championship trophy at PGA Championships. And those are all things that you'll remember the rest of your life. But the, the most rewarding thing for me was being able to make a difference in the lives of our golf professionals. and You know, you look at the PGA of America, we're kind of a dual, how do I put it, dual parts of our association. We've got, we run championships. We run two of the five biggest championships in the world, the PGA Championship and the Ryder Cup. We also run the KPMG Women's PGA Championship and the uh, KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship, Uh, not to mention our national championships for our club professionals and, of course, the Ryder Cup. But, other than that, we also are an association and our mission is to grow the game and serve our members. And so how do we take those resources and how do we take the assets we have that I just talked about, major championship golf, and how do we use those to, to grow the game and benefit our members? And, uh, for me, that's been the most rewarding thing, I think, is the initiatives that we've been able to forge ahead on in the last two years and, Growing the game in education, uh, in employment opportunities for our professionals and helping them improve their employment, uh, helping our PGA professionals, uh, know how to state their value better to their employers so they can be better compensated. Uh, and then also today, I don't know if you saw the announcement, but, uh, the PGA of America announced today something we've been working on for almost two years, uh, probably something I'll look back and we'll look back and say, wow, that was maybe the most uh, significant thing we did. We are going to be relocating the headquarters of the PGA to Frisco, Texas. The press releases just went out today, and uh, we're really excited about that.
0: So talk about that. First of all, what led to, the, to moving it, period, and then why Frisco, Texas?
1: You know, it was just a great opportunity that we had. Um, about two, gosh, three years ago, our board, we we asked the staff to do an analysis of what cities out there, what uh, areas of the country might be interested in having the PGA. And basically did RFPs and had uh, a major corporation that specializes in this type of business help us uh, analyze the RFPs we had. And as we came down to it, uh, we had several opportunities, but the opportunity in Frisco or staying in West Palm Beach seemed to be the, the top two choices. And the city of Frisco uh is a very unique area. I don't know how well you know it, but uh if you look at Frisco, Texas, it's uh they've got almost every major sports franchise. It's a, a gateway to the northern part of Dallas. Uh you you've got the Dallas Star right there, which is uh an unbelievable uh complex. You also have opportunity we're gonna have to build two championship golf courses and Post future Ryder Cup or PG, and PGA championships, not to mention KPMG Women's PGA Championships and also uh, senior, uh, KitchenAid Senior PGA Championships. So uh, we just think it's a great opportunity. Uh, it's a growing environment. There are many Fortune 500 companies that have moved to the Frisco area, but more importantly, we had a, a, a city, uh, an area, uh, some developers that really wanted to partner with us, who's um their goals and what they believe in, what they think is important, really uh what we do. So that was really the the key to it. You know, we have a lot of side benefits in that our education center, our world-class education center will be there and will now be in the center part of the country, featuring state-of-the-art classrooms and teaching facilities. But uh, when you put it all together, we think it's a great opportunity for the PGA, and we're really excited about it.
0: And, Paul, we talked a moment ago about, you know, some of the cool things that you've gotten a, an opportunity to do. What's the opposite side of that coin as president of the PGA that you had to do that you say, you know what, I don't remember reading that in the job description?
1: You know, there's a lot of things that we deal with as an officer and board of directors, but that's like life. You know, I think, uh, you know, what's the old saying? Uh Life is, what, 97% about what you do with what comes your way. You don't always control what you deal with. And, uh, you know, we always try to focus on what's best for our members and what's best for the game and how do we make those tough decisions to, to, to benefit our mission. Our mission is very simple. Grow the game and enhance opportunity for our members, and that's what we always focused on.
0: Paul, uh, you know, I have to believe that a small part, of, like you just mentioned a moment ago, when you're talking about putting together the PGA Championship and the Senior PGA and the LPGA, is uh, you know evaluating potential sites. You mentioned the opportunity perhaps to do it there in Frisco at some point. But when you're looking at different venues, what are you looking at or what are you looking for to decide which ones get awarded the events in which year?
1: Well, you know, first of all, we have someone named Kerry Haig, who's our Chief Championship Officer. I'm sure you've heard of Kerry. He's been yep. with us. Since uh, the early 90s, and I think is easily seen as uh, the most talented in what he does in the game of golf. You know, uh, Kerry puts on our major championships, and he scouts out locations. Uh, Obviously, you have opportunities where facilities clubs will come knocking on our door, asking if we're interested. You know, and Kerry goes out in the field and makes sure. You know, today you got to look at the footprint of a facility. You look at a place like Hazeltine, where the Ryder Cup was in 2016, and we announced that we're going to be going back to Hazeltine, as you know, uh, later part of the next right. decade, in the late 20s. I think it's uh, 28 we're going back. But the point being, the reason that Hazeltine was so good, it had such a big footprint for all the hospitality, for all of the corporate tents and the corporate sponsors. So that's all part of it that fits into where a facility should be. Also, we look for, first of all, we look for a great golf course. If you look at the PGA Championship golf courses, that we've selected for the last 10 or 15 years. And you go out in the future, we have some PGA's that are selected all the way into the early 30s. They're great golf courses, iconic golf courses. Oak Hill Country Club in New York, the Olympic Club we got to announce. I was able to do that under my presidency, that we're going to the Olympic Club for a Ryder Cup and the PGA Championship. Uh, you know, you look at Aaronomy. um, You know, you look at Quail Hollow, where it was last year. These are great golf facilities with great communities and strong leadership in those towns and at those clubs to help us put on one of the, you know, most exciting, best, uh, largest championships in the world, the PGA Championship.
0: And, Paul, as you look out into 2019 and even further into the future, what are some of the issues that you still think are facing the PGA and the other governing bodies that uh, we still need to get some work on and need to address?
1: Well, the main thing we need to do is we've got to grow the game. That's the number one charge, I think, for us, and that's the thing that we're focused on. We are looking to make sure that we continue to provide the resources for our professionals. We've got to think out of the box. I mean, you look at a Topgolf, what an unbelievable story. I can remember running for office in 2010, Top Topgolf was just getting started. Uh, you know, you look today, they're a company that has grown the game in a very unusual way. I mean, 18 million visitors to Top Golf last year. Anytime someone puts a golf club in their hand, it's a good thing. I was at a Top Golf actually in Las Vegas two days ago with my wife and some friends, and it's 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 a, it's a different crowd. So, how do we grow the game? How do we make it more fun? I think that's the key buzzword. How do we engage the public more? How do we connect with our consumers? Those are all important things.
0: Paul, just a couple more before we let you go and. Talk about the decision to move the PGA Championship back from August to May. Are you excited to see it getting played earlier in the year and then obviously being at Bethpage Beth Page Black this coming year?
1: Well, first of all, being at Bethpage Black, what a great golf course with an unbelievable history of championship golf. Um, we're very excited. That was a decision that really we studied for over three years before we made the announcement in August of 16 at Quail Hollow. Uh, Pete Bavakwa, who was our CEO at that time for about six years, uh, he and his team brought to the board of directors on several occasions studies that looked at what golf courses we could still go to, uh, how would it affect TV ratings, uh, what the viability would be of moving it, how it would relate to the rest of the world. And even though there were a lot of articles written at the time tying it to the PGA Tour wanting to move the playoffs, the FedEx playoffs up early to avoid the football season, we, we were charged to do what's in the best interest of the PGA of America and our 29,000 members who own the PGA. And, you know, one of the really exciting parts of it is we get to promote what our professionals do every day much earlier in the season. Now, I, I live in an area where the season is November to May, kind of like South Florida, but 85 or 90% of the country, we know the golf season is April, May to October. So with all of the television coverage, uh, the chance to have announcements on behalf of our professionals, We get to advertise all of that, promote all of that in May instead of August. We think that's going to be a big difference maker.
0: Well, Paul, before we let you go now, your alma mater and mine are squaring off in the Fiesta Bowl on New Year's Day, LSU and UCF. What are you expecting out of the
1: game? Well, you know, that's going to be a great game. I think UCF has not gotten the respect it should get the last few years. If you remember last year, they did pretty good in the bowl game, and And I've already, like any good fan, have have, uh, gone on the web and looked at what everyone's saying about UCF and LSU, and a lot of people are picking LSU. I would not take that school lightly. I mean, for a team that is, what are they, undefeated the last 24 games, 25 games? That's correct. I don't care who you play. That's an amazing, that's an amazing statistic. It was a disappointing year for my Tigers. I think the most disappointing loss was I was sitting at my house. Uh, My granddaughters were over with my wife, and I was outside, so I could smoke a nice little cigar and watch LSU lose in seven overtimes to A&M. That was a pretty, <laughs> uh, pretty interesting game if you saw it. it. lasted five hours. Yes. We had a few, we had a few calls that Coach O didn't didn't complain about, but it was an interesting outcome. Right. Agreed. So, Paul, let our
0: listeners know how. What's the best way to stay up to date with what you're doing and what the PGA of America is doing, whether it's online or it's on social media.
1: Well, I think the best thing with the PGA of America always, you know, uh, if you go to pga.com, you can see a lot of what's going on in the PGA of America. Also, we have a Twitter page, and I, I'd be remiss to tell you exactly what that is, but if you Google it, you can find it pretty easy. Our president, Susie Whaley, you know, we have a new president as of four weeks ago, and she's unbelievable. I know you've heard of Susie, and yes. uh, she's going to be a great PGA president, really strong in promoting the game, you know, really uh, fits in well with where we're trying to go with this association. And if you look at uh, what we're doing in the junior golf space, and I think Susie's really focused on how can we revamp some of the resources we've had for our teachers and coaches, because we need more of our professionals out there teaching the game and growing the game every day. And that's really at the core of what a PGA professional is. You know, there's a lot of people that work at a golf course or country club. And you look at a lot of our professionals today have moved into management. Some are executives with the big company. But the core of who the PGA professional is, there's someone who plays the game at a very high level and teaches the game and are very passionate about both.
0: Well, Paul, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to come and be a part of the show. I hope you'll do it again sometime. So many other things I'd love to get into with you. Just not enough time, but uh, you're a wealth of knowledge and uh, great for the game of golf and Thank you for your service to the PGA of America for so many years, but uh, thank you for your time again tonight.
1: Well, thank you for what you're doing to be part of growing this great game and just uh, being out there for the listeners. I appreciate that.
0: Paul, take care. Happy holidays to you and your family. We look forward to the opportunity, hopefully, to catch up with you again
1: soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: That is Paul Levy, and Paul is, uh, like I say, you know, you go back and you look at his time in the game of golf from playing it at, at LSU to his ascension up through the golf ranks to secretary of the PGA of America, to vice president, to president, now honorary president going forward. Great for the game of golf. He's done a lot of really great things. And hopefully we get the opportunity to talk more about the direction and where the PGA of America is going and then a little bit more about the rich history of the game as well. All right, folks, time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the T. I want to send out my sincere thanks again to Natalie Sherry and Paul Levy for joining me tonight. And thank you for tuning in and listening. We appreciate you guys the very most. Please give me your thoughts. Check out our page on Facebook, Next on the T with Chris Mascaro. And right there, you can give me your comments and your feedback. Or like I say, if you have a question you want you know us to get to someone who's been a previous guest or a future guest coming on the show, please let us know right there as well. You can check out our guest schedule by going online to our our uh, webpage, is nextonthetea.net. Please also check out our sister show on the football side, Thursday Night Tailgate, with me and my co-host, Bob Lazeri, and our announcer, Joe LaGianusa. That show airs live right here on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And that show, like this one, also available as a featured free podcast over on iHeartRadio and on Podbean. On Thursday Night Tailgate, we're joined every week by five NFL legends who come on and share stories from their playing days and give us their insights into what's going on around the league. Spotlight on the positive segment. That show, you can find out more information online at ThursdayNightTailgate.com and, again, this show, NextOnTheTee.net. Folks, thank you again for choosing to listen to the show tonight. We really appreciate the fact that you are making Next on the T part of your golf content. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends. been listening to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro where PGA and LPGA pros and top instructors and media members go to tell their stories join us the same time every Tuesday to hear more stories about the game we love from people who love sharing those stories with you it's all about the great game of golf it's all about the great game of golf.